Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hi, guys. Hi. This is Goop Yourself, the podcast where we talk about everything goop. I'm Brian Rucker. I'm Agnes Hewitt. I'm on my 20th ounce of cold brew. I've been, I did one full pint glass and then I had to take John to work and then I came back and I needed more. So now I'm halfway through my second pint of cold. That's brew. 20 ounces. That's nothing. That's a yeah, venti. Well, that is a venti. I mean, I'm just not used. I usually stop myself at 16. Um, but there was a big coffee sale at thrive market. So mm-hmm. I got like two pounds of slave free coffee for like $10. That's good. I'm drinking probably really bad coffee. I made a Cordato. That's so cute. Isn't it so cute? It's in a real Cordato. Cord, cord, cordato? Is that the right word? Cord, I don't know. Cordato? Cortado. 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 <laughs> cortado. It's in a real Cortado glass. It's a, Well, it's like just a water glass that oh. I have, but it looks like that. Yeah. That's what they serve them in and like restaurants and stuff. Would it's just like, like an real... espresso with almond milk. Oh, it's an espresso. You don't have like a real espresso machine. You have no, an, I have espresso. an espresso. I want one of those except slavery. <laughs> Yeah, and also, oh, you know what? That's a good point because Nespresso, whatever Nestle is, like the worst company in the world. It is worse, yes. But since I'm using the, these, since like, the Confederacy. I'm using these like cheap ass Nes because Nespresso pods are like expensive and also weirdly hard to find. Like they don't have them at like the grocery store. They have a, a they have an espresso store at the Americana. Yeah, I know. You have to go to like the special stores or like you go Beth Bed Bath and Beyond or like order them online or whatever. And it's like so stupid. And then I found they started so they have like huge boxes of them you can get on Amazon that are like their Amazon brand, which is probably like really, really bad. And also the coffee is like noticeably not as good, but it's mm. so cheap. And I just I'm like, whatever. I mean, I don't think Amazon is 
a worse company than Nestle. It's probably I a mean, better company, honestly. Yeah, it's just the um, the co- it doesn't taste as good. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. not as strong. Oh yeah, I lo- I mean, uh, when oh yeah, when I was in Paris with my family a few years ago, the house that we stayed in had um an espresso machine, and it is it is a godsend. It is a wonderful wonderful invention. Oh God, yeah. I mean, honestly, just having this cortado. Cortado. Just having this, it makes me feel like so much less of a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Like Then your big gulp that you usually do. <laughs> then my big well, it's like I'm always either one or the other. I'm like yeah. I either make a cortado or I have a fucking big gulp of cold brew, or I go to the like nice coffee shop that's closer than 7-Eleven, but not as cheap. Sure. Or I make a pour over. There's a lot I do. You know, I contain multitudes. Uh, Yeah, you switch it up. I do not. I have the same caffeine um, drink every morning without fail. Even on the weekends, I will go to a bakery and get food, but I will drink my own cold brew because i'm a fucking cheapskate yeah because yeah i know that i don't want to spend five dollars for like a 12 ounces of cold brew but it tastes so much better if you get it from like a coffee shop than like i've never made cold brew that tasted good mine tastes pretty good mine tastes like shit i i don't like super high acid cold brew that's my problem like i like a like i like strong coffee oh yeah no i get because so I try to do if I can um a medium roast like whatever like a if there's like a breakfast blend or something yeah. or even um if I buy coffee at Whole Foods the only like organic 365 one they have is Vienna roast which is like half dark roast and half medium roast that one's okay but when you get the um the light roast ones those don't work as well as cold brew they, they don't taste like anything yeah I just like I don't know mine it just doesn't taste good I got like a cold brew pitcher and stuff I was like I'm gonna in the summer I was like I'm gonna save so much money I'm so smart because I normally buy like um if I'm like really like breaking out the big bucks then I'll buy like a groundwork has like a growler of cold brew concentrate that you can get at Whole Foods that's really good Mm. or if I'm being just like a cheap normal suburbanite piece of shit then I'll get like a stock or whatever like I buy like pre-made cold brew but it's so fucking expensive those things last me like two days because I drink so much of it like but then the homemade doesn't taste as good but then like and I like will drink hot coffee in the um in like when it's cold out but like in the summer I usually like iced coffee and you know, it's just like a never ending struggle. Then 7-Eleven entered the chat and that was a godsend for me. I was like, I can get so much fucking cold brew for like a dollar. I mean, if I had a 7-Eleven within walking distance, I would go crazy. I would always just be getting like fucking taquitos. Oh my God. It's really bad. Like we will go through phases where we are just off the rails, like every single night. We call it the restaurant. We're so <laughs> stupid, me and Brian. And we just will be like, do you want to go? I guess my um, version of that is I have a Costco in walking distance and oh, yeah. I don't really do it. But John, like once a week, we'll get like Costco pizza just for lunch. Oh, I totally get that. I I, I forgot. I need to ask you uh, later about getting some, getting me something from there. Oh, sure. You can tell me off air <laughs> if it's too personal. <laughs> There's a, um, there's this like Bobby approved, um, 
del- turkey meat deli meat that oh that's like costco it, yeah and he's like it's the best one he was like it's as good as applegate but it's like so much cheaper you get so much more and oh, that's is my it problem. like kirkland brand or it's a different I'm going to have to go and revisit the video because I've seen him. T- he talks about it all the time. Whenever he does like a Costco yeah. haul or whatever, or not haul, you know what he does. He's talking about this turkey and turkey meat. You know, I like a wrap. I like a, to break some up on a salad. Like I like to have that, but I really only want to eat the Applegate kind. You know, I talk sure. a big game about not always eating organic or whatever, but like you know, when push comes to shove, I like, I prefer it. And so I don't want to eat like some fucked up nitrate meat, but Applegate is like so expensive and you get like two slices of Turkey in it. You make, yeah, it's, you get a whole thing of Applegate and it lasts, it's one sandwich. Exactly. Yeah. And so I want this other Turkey, but like, I still don't want the Costco membership and it's not worth it for me to get it. So, um, oh, you would find you would find it to be extremely worth it if you gave it a chance. Well, but- when I, I had one before and like what always happens is like I go, I spend like $400 once yeah, and then-, and then I'm like, why do I have all this stupid shit? And then I never go back. So no, it's true. I mean, I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't go there as much. And I go maybe once a month. And if I go once a month, it's, I get like five things and it's still like $150. Mm. But um, because it's three blocks away from me, it's not. And I got like, I got a flat tire last week and they gave me, because it was under warranty, yeah. they gave me a free one. It's like little things like that. Yeah. And like the gas, isn't the gas supposed to be like really the, cheaper? Yeah. John John will go, because the the one in Los Feliz or in Atwater on Los Feliz Boulevard um, doesn't have a gas station, but uh, John will sometimes go to the one in Burbank, which does have a gas station. I'm always too lazy. I go to my, my mom and pop 76 station, which is cheaper than the Chevron and the Shell. I'm like, I'm just too stupid. I like men are always like, like Brian is doing that too. He always like pulls out this app whenever we need gas. And he's like, let me find the one with the cheapest thing. That's smart. I should do that. And I just like drive until my car is like about to just stop and then just like pull into whatever. And I don't care. And then I just always fill the entire tank. Cause I'm like, Oh, I don't want to have to do this again. No, I mean, I, I just go to the same one pretty much because it is like, cheaper than the rest of them on the same block i don't know if it's cheaper than like everyone in the area but it's the closest one to me and i just go there yeah i usually go to the one on my corner which i think is really probably expect really expensive but it's right there yeah what was that i was doing something to pinch pennies oh you know what i might do after i finish watching the crown i'm gonna um change to the like ad netflix because i barely ever watch netflix yeah because i I just don't watch it that much. I have like three shows a year that I watch on Netflix and then occasionally I'll like stumble upon something else. But I, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I also don't mind ads because it gives me my brain a little break and I can like check Twitter for a minute in the middle of a show. You know, I also don't use Netflix as much as I used to. It's kind of become like huluified for me especially because like they just produce so much crap like so many stupid reality shows and just like weird just I don't know but recently I used it to controversially rewatch all of the Chappelle show oh I thought you were gonna say rewatch Dahmer 
but I know, but I did watch that twice, like within the first like week it came out. Um, be, well, I watched, I binge watched it because my brother was coming to town and I was like, he's not going to want to watch it. Yeah. But then when he came to town, he saw that I had been watching it and he did want to watch it. So then we restarted from the beginning. So I watched a lot. I might download a few episodes and watch it on the plane to New Jersey. <laughs> I, I, I haven't it, watched but... it yet. You know, oh, wait, so Chappelle, oh, t- talk about your cancelable offense and then I'll, um, I have my own confession to make too. Okay. Well, I can't wait to hear yours. I mean, I don't know my, I just was like, I didn't really remember. I just remember like, I loved it so much when it came out, it was the funniest thing in the world to me. Like the Rick James sketch. I have never laughed that hard in my entire life. Like I will never forget the experience of like watching that sketch and like, just like I was like it was transcendent like I was in outer space I loved it and um I you know I was just like I was a fan whatever and uh you know obviously like whatever he's been in the news and like everybody and he's like always oh boy has he ever deranged fucked up shit and I'm like well I don't know. Then everybody was like mad about whatever he said on SNL about Jewish people, which like, I didn't, I'm well, Jewish. I, didn't watch I, it. I also want to say like, I'm Jewish and I think literally everything in the world is anti-Semitic. And like, I didn't really think what he said was anti-Semitic, honestly, mm. but whatever. Um, But I was just like, I don't know for, you know, it's just like, he, he's, he's in the conversation. I was like, I was also, I was like on the couch. I was like sleeping on the couch all week because Brian had the flu. So it was like kind of like I had the flu too because like I also had to have my like little like, oh, yeah. couch time. And like, you know, I couldn't sleep. So I was just like watching the Chappelle show and um, some hits, some misses. I mean, I don't know. I can totally see why it was so well received. And like, there are definitely sketches that are like, he's like, he truly is a genius. Um. But at the same time, it's kind of like Louis C.K. where like in hindsight, you kind of it's like, why is anyone surprised that he's like saying this like fucked up stuff about like trans people and stuff? Because he was so homophobic, like insane. Like it was like the time, but like he was super, super homophobic, super, super misogynistic. And then also um, like obsessed with race i mean not just like basically like made fun of like made a lot of jokes with like asian people and stuff Mm. so there was always he was always doing things like on his show that like you would not probably see on like comedy central yeah yeah now and like some things especially like some of the homophobic stuff is like really bad um but I think that stuff you just kind of like it you like forget as time you like you know what I mean because like everything was sort of like that in like 2004 yeah. or whenever and you just forget and you just remember like oh that was like you know Rick James like so funny and it's still it still is so. right and now I think he obviously because like the culture has the culture has changed more than he has but like because the culture has changed he I think I mean, I don't want to cycle in psychoanalyze him, but he like feels the need to like double down on his like most quote unquote problematic beliefs because he wants to get a rise out of people. Yeah. And he's also like totally like when it when he when Chappelle show was on and stuff, he he was he was definitely like intellectual, like the sketches are very like 
um like they're like about like social issues for sure always and like I think some some of them like really do have like kind of like amazing like a lot of them are like about like race and like the experience of being like a black person in America like a black man in America and like he really I think that they are like elevated for sure more than like what you'd see on like some like trash like SNL whatever yeah but um I feel like now he's like he's not like goofy and silly like he used to be now he's like a George Carlin type Mm -hmm. like an angry man like an angry like social like uh I don't know like I don't know what the term is but you know what I mean like he makes like he makes like social commentary he's like a Lenny Bruce or whatever yeah 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 and um I like that's kind of like the natural progression for like a comic I guess like once they get into like their 50s like he can't like jump around and like do the like silly goofy stuff that he did as a kid I guess but you know that can also be really annoying because it's so pretentious Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like Jon Stewart too Jon Stewart I mean he was always like sitting behind a desk and whatever but he's like I can't he's they just like reach an age, these comics where it's like Well, because they get so rich and they get so, so smug full of themselves. and so full of themselves that's like how I don't know how you produce good comedy from such a comfortable, powerful position. I know. It's like the and the number one victim of that is unfortunately David Sedaris, who I like. Oh, I thought so you were gonna say Ellen. <laughs> oh, Ellen, I mean, she was like <laughs> she was that ship sailed a long yeah. time ago. Wait, David's I sorry, I I will defend David Sedaris. I mean, he is literally, I mean, it's not like he's trying to be, he literally has the same job that Andy Rooney had um, <laughs> where he's just like, that's literally his job now is to be Andy Rooney, like being a curmudgeon at the end of whatever garbage news show that is. So like, of course he's going to, is it 60? Yeah. 60 minutes. Yeah. So, uh, so like, so that's literally his job. So I don't know why people are complaining when he's mm. just doing his job. Mm. And he's no, not. He's and just, he, no, no, no. He is just doing his job. I think it's just like his Earl, like the Santa Santa Land Diaries. Santa Land Diaries. Yeah. Oh, and is, yeah. Me talk pretty one day. These are like the funniest books ever. Yeah, yeah. But what I was gonna say is like that that essay about like being a Christmas elf is like his probably his most famous thing, and I feel like it's so relatable because he's like the proletariat basically, and that like sorry yeah. to use that word, but you sure. know what I mean. Like he's the. He's like the everyman. He's the one who's the like underdog. And so you're rooting for him and everyone's kind of had like a shitty job or whatever at some point in their life. And um, you, it's just, it's very like human and relatable. And then like, as he gets like older and richer and his essays become more and more about like having bad experiences with like customer service yeah, and know, stuff. It's just funny. like, it's a, it's, you're like, okay. It's not it is as, funny that he doesn't like, seem self-aware about that, that like yeah. he, he he literally his career was made because of his job as a customer service person yeah and now like it is that is crazy that he's like so unself-aware I know but no I'm a diehard I saw him um at like CSUN he like came and did he like was like touring and I like went and saw him do it yeah he I mean I he I will always just have such affection for him because also like personally um when I read me talk pretty one day I that was like one of the things that like made me come out really really was just relating to that book so much and being like I don't know like this funny cool guy is like gay yeah. I don't know not that I didn't have other like gay role but I was just it was just sort of 
it might not have been because of that, but it was just sort of at the time, it was like that book I was reading. I was like super into the Smiths, another problematic fave. Oh yeah. But no, um, Morrissey's fine. Yeah. Uh oh, so let me tell you about my little night of debauchery. Okay. Um, so John went to some, you know, like this musical theater party that I uh refrained from going to. Okay. And so I was home alone. And first, so Criterion Channel had like a Godard retrospective. So I was like, should I watch like a Godard double feature? And then I said, no, I think what I want to do is watch um, Woody Allen's last two movies. Cause I have, oh my God, Rifkin's Festival. So I watched, I watched double feature. I watched Rainy Day in New York, followed by Rifkin's Festival. Yeah. Rainy you know what? You know, I keep up. I keep up to date. Like (laughs) Brian, like I forced Brian to like find it and like torrent it. (laughs) You don't even have to torrent it now. Like, so rainy day in New York is on Amazon prime for free. It's not good. Selena Gomez is fantastic in it. She's the only one that is like playing a regular person. Chalamet is like, I'm sorry. Like it's very embarrassing in that movie to me. Timothée is trying to do a Woody Allen impression. I get it. Elle Fanning is trying to do a, a Diane Keaton impression. They both fail miserably. <laughs> um, Selena Gomez is just like a normal person. So she's good. Um, I didn't, I mean, it was like, it's like silly. I, whatever. It was fine. But I, okay, here's my, If you Rifkin's festival is so good. Yeah, that is crazy. That is, I'm sorry, Brian. That is, and of course, everybody knows. I am, I am going to, I don't know. I want to choose my words carefully here, but like, let's just say I still watch Woody Allen movies. Okay. Oh, yeah. We all do here. Yeah. And I have a great time doing it. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. But Rifkin's festival was a masterpiece a late career masterpiece i think was like one of the worst movies i've ever seen it was to me it was worse than like cafe society which oh, is i don't i don't know that I, wait that's the one with emma stone that's the one with i think jesse eisenberg and maybe the, emma stone yeah too. i saw i don't really remember it some woody allen movies i don't know how to explain them other than just to say they are very lonely and that was what Rifkin's Festival felt like to me. That felt to me like a movie made by a social pariah who was calling in favors from his yeah. friends who are mostly in their like mid seventies. Yeah. It's I mean it's <laughs> like the real personification that documentary about Can where Alec Baldwin is going around trying to get money to make. His, I'm obsessed um, with that documentary. His, uh, What's it called? Um, it's uh, called Seduced and Abandoned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And th- that's this Rifkin's Festival is like the result of that. <laughs> yeah, it basically feels like if Alec Baldwin had gotten his way and been able to um, uh, remake Last Tango in Last Paris with it. Nev Campbell, as he was set out to do. Well, his first choice was Jessica Chastain. She no, was his like... first choice was Nev. And then he met with someone and they were like, Nev Campbell's not hot. Get me Jessica Chastain. Oh. And he's like, she's out. The first scene is him having this like long conversation with Nev Campbell. And he's like selling her on this movie. And she's like, and he's like, you can do this. You're the only person who can do this. Like, I want you to be on this project with me. Like, I respect you so much as an actress. Like I conceived of this project <laughs> around you because you're such a great, brilliant, wonderful actress. And she's like, I'm totally on board. I can't wait. And then like, 
45 minutes in this guy's like drop nev campbell and he's like she's got nev who no it's jessica's show like he just totally <laughs> it's like seduced and abandoned it's the nev campbell is seduced and abandoned whatever i'm oh. so glad that fucking movie never got made it's so funny though um yeah <laughs> well rifkin's festival i what the, like because there was like it was sort of in the vein of you know, Midnight in Paris, Purple Rose of Cairo, these like flights of fantasy Woody Allen movies where he's he's imagining himself in scenes from, you know, his favorite director's movies. Yeah. Wallace Shawn is, I mean, he's Wallace Shawn. Like you're going to get what you're going to get. Um, okay. Gina Gershon is charming. Um, mm-hmm. The Spanish actress. I mean, it, it, it's, it was, and you're, you're in San Sebastian. It's beautiful. Like. See, I did, of course, like, I always think that Woody Allen is like really underrated as like um, a visual storyteller. Like I think his movies are like a lot better look like people always talk about Woody Allen, like the writing and like his performance in them and like the the comedy or whatever. But like, I think he's like genuinely like gets like really like beautiful like shots. Like I think his movies always like look fantastic. Yeah. Except the cinematographer that he's been working with lately is like, everything is so bright and like garish. I don't know. The last few movies, I feel like everything looks too, um, I, I don't have the film knowledge to yeah, say, I don't, I can't but like, really. it's like too exposed or like it, the colors are too bright. Maybe he's trying to be like cheerful after everything's happened. Maybe. But I felt like it just, it felt like what it was which was like this movie that was totally financed by as like basically a commercial for the stupid film festival and like the whole thing is about like oh we've got to go to the san sebastian film festival like what who the, what the fuck is that Wait, is the san and, sebastian film festival a real film festival yeah it's a real oh, film festival and they that. bankrolled the movie oh, i didn't know that <laughs> I, th- I thought he shot it like at like a like venice or something and then they pretended it was san sebastian no, i didn't realize no, that no. it was a real film festival okay that's he funny. like had to go in there he was like everybody's in town for this the festival and then he's like let's showcase all the beautiful sites like let's showcase those restaurant that's here and it's just like it felt like a it just felt so sad and empty to me that it's like i know he would rather be making this movie in new york he's not allowed to like he would rather be making this movie with I'm sorry like I love Wallace Shawn like my dinner with Andre all time top 10 favorite movies of all time like and same with uh Vanya on 42nd Street okay he should not he did not want Wallace Shawn to be playing that guy he wanted like Ryan Gosling (laughs) like he wanted like a person who's like still in their like sexual prime by which I just mean like under 60 and like who is like a movie star which is what that part should have gone to like I mean not should have but like in another time like you know 15 years ago that would have been a movie star playing that part yeah 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 no totally I mean two years ago it would have been a movie star playing well yeah I mean Timothy (laughs) (laughs) yeah I I don't know I guess because I I was like I had such low expectations and I was like, oh, this is like a fun little romp. Yeah. And, and I liked the, I mean the, you know, he did the Citizen Kane, he did the Fellini, he did the Bunuel, yeah. he did there. It it's felt, like a fun little exercise. I mean, it's it not, you like know. A, it, to me, it felt half-baked. It was yeah, like, oh, I, yeah. I'm Woody Allen and this is kind of my shtick. So like, I'm just going to pull this out. The one that I did like that we also watched during our very problematic other double feature that we had in like 2019, I think where we had a double feature of wonder wheel and oh, right. um, I, uh, love I love daddy. you daddy 
the never released Louis C.K. directorial effort starring Chloe Grace Moretz. Um, John Malkovich. Yeah, that one is is uh, is awful to watch. I, I that I get no pleasure out of. I love you, Daddy. I hated that movie, but I thought Wonder Wheel was really good. Wonder and, Wheel. Like, yeah, I, I mean, felt like, I felt like I was the only person in the room that night who really enjoyed it. But I, I think that that would have been in a different time, in a different climate. I feel like that would have been like a blue Jasmine for him. Yeah. I mean, Kate I, Winslet could have, could have gotten Kate an Winslet Oscar nomination. Great. And the, I mean, like the Coney Island stuff was just like, so good. Some British and Australian actresses overdo it with the american accent though i feel like kate yeah. winslet margot robbie's another one where yeah. every time she does an american accent it's like some like 1920s newsy yeah you're yeah. like what anyway wait okay well as we were having this conversation hot off the presses i got my 23 and me uh oh my god ancestry back okay great eugenics okay. yeah here we go i <laughs> know unfortunately not too many surprises okay. um okay 60.5 percent ashkenazi jewish how much percent 60.5 I'm so jealous. I'm only... Are you less? Oh, way less. I'm 49. Oh, oh right. Um, then I got 39.3% Northwestern European. So that counts. So 27.7% British and Irish. Mm. Um, eight regions. I guess I have to click on that. And then 11.4% French and German. Nice. Um, I think that comes from my dad's dad and my mom's mom, maybe. I don't know. And then 0.2% broadly Northwestern European. So. They just can't. Yeah. 100% pure white. Well, some people would not say that. Well, yeah. Um, some people in your own genetic bloodline. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I have a war within me. <laughs> um, wait, so what What are the regions in... Uh, in in, uh, in British, British Irish? Isles or whatever. Let's see. Uh, um... Okay. Greater London, Greater Manchester, West Midlands, West Yorkshire, Merseyside, Tyne and Ware. Oh my God. That's where my family lives. Oh, really? Yeah. Derbyshire and Nottinghamshire. That's so funny. I, well, I guess, so your results are making me trust my results more. Mm. If yours say time time and where like that means that like because mine said half scottish and so like that part of england is like super far north and it's like really close to scotland and i was like oh they probably just can't tell the difference like it's too genetically close mm. but if they're getting that specific with you then like my shit really must just be totally scottish which is crazy to me because they are english and they don't even go to they've probably most of them have never been to scotland wow even though they live yeah. like a mile from there and then yeah. it's funny my grandma always said her mother's relatives were from alsace lorraine okay and it's sort of true i don't know why i thought she was lying but 11 my 11.4 percent french and german Thur thuringia which is like central germany then berlin and then Rhineland and North Rhine, which are like Alsace-Lorraine, French-German border. 
Yours are so specific. I want to redo mine. And you know what? I think I did Ancestry, which I think is the Mormons. Uh, Oh, yeah. Let me see what I did. Unfortunately, the Ashkenazi Jew. Oh, it does say West Central Ukrainian. Yeah, I knew that. Odessa. Um, So that's there it is. There it is. Just round me up. Put me in the camps. Yeah, I mean, these things are so exciting. And then you get the results and you're like, yeah, I haven't I haven't looked at my um, health part yet. I think I might need to do that off air in case there's any disturbing information. Oh, yeah. Do yeah. Do it off air. Process it and then come back and tell us. I uh, yeah, I did Ancestry.com and now I'm really regretting it because I want to know like down to the city. Um, I think this deal there, it was a deal on 23 and me. It still might be going on where you get the, the ancestry and the health for it's like $120 and they do both of them. It was like a sale. Yeah. Um, How many self, I mean, I feel like that's like another stage of like (laughs) narcissistic personality disorder. If you're like, if you're like doing multiple DNA tests on yourself, like, I don't know if I can, I need to know the, I mean, it is interesting. It is. I don't think that's narcissistic. I think that's like interesting to know about your family history. I think it's interesting enough that if you do it once, I think if you're like, Oh, I'm going to try it again. It's you're crazy. Maybe not. No offense um, if you did that. No, no, no. <laughs> Let's see what else is going on. Uh, the only article I put in my notes, it's sort of boring. It's just the fact that Sweet Green is like going totally corporate now. And they're... What do you mean going corporate? Well, because they sort of had... Um, bon Appetit, of course, had a think piece about it. Mm. They um They had targeted like, you know, sort of urban centers, like, you know, sort of nice parts of different neighborhoods where like people were like trying to be sort of like trendy and cool. Mm-hmm. And this tack, especially after the pandemic is like not working because like no one is even in the office anymore. So now yeah. they're um, testing like a new concept that is a drive through for the suburbs. Really? And they took out cause they, their slogan or whatever was like organic, local, blah, blah, blah. They took out the word local from all of their literature because they know they're going to have to just buy from like Monsanto or whatever now. Yeah. Um. And so they're trying in order to become po- profitable, obviously they have to like reach the widest possible audience. So I'm just curious. I'm not like a big sweet green. I mean, I, I don't dislike sweet green. It's fine. It's like if one's around and I'm hungry, well, I probably still wouldn't go, but I could. Um, I go to sweet green, like not a lot. There's, there's a sweet green. That's really walking distance from my house yeah i mean if it was walking distance I would, and if there's a drive-through i would go if there was a drive-through and i was already driving that direction i could see myself going sometimes when i'm like in the house all day and i'm like i don't want to eat anything here i'll go and grab one but i mean by sometimes i mean i think i've done it like twice since i've lived yeah. here like it's not a I mean, if I'm going to eat a salad, I feel like I'll just make it. Make it. Like it's a yeah. salad. The closest one. I mean, it's like I would I would go if I'm like running errands or like when I used to like do commercial auditions, there was one like right by one of the big like commercial casting places. So I'd like eat there after an audition. But the closest one to my house is the one in the old El Pollo Loco in Silver Lake. Yeah. And I'm not going to like drive down to Sunset Junction yeah. and like try to find parking just to get a stupid salad. Yeah, no, it's stupid. Although that one does have a parking lot. Oh, that's true. Um, 
Yeah, it's uh, well. Fuck so we'll no. see. It's always <laughs> I mean, been soulless bullshit, anyway. Yeah. It's always been like depressing corporate food, you know. I know, like, and like like work work food. Like I hate that shit. Like the 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 type of food that I hate the most on God's green earth. And I don't want to say that I hate any you know whatever people need food and like I'm grateful for it, but like. <laughs> work lunch food is just like suicide on a plate I cannot stand it and like that is sweet green is just like the epitome of that I know they're making it like more they make it like a little more fun because they'll put like I don't know some like puffed quinoa or something but like all of that sweet green tender greens most like lunch special type things yeah salad bars um I don't know. There's other places like that. Lemonade is getting out of a lemonade. Talk about seed oil central. Yeah. And just also like the mood is just like, Mm -hmm. will kill you. I mean, it's like, you'll die either of like seed oil exposure or depression. If you go there. The only job I ever had that was like a festive lunch atmosphere was when I worked at the hotel in New York. And it was like, so, cause it's like, it was just like a melting pot. Like most of the, um, like the housekeeping women were Chinese and uh, there were uh, most of like the housekeeping guys and the engineers were like Dominican. And then like all the, you know, bellmen were different like cultures and stuff. So the, the food area was like all these, and I thought they're great. I mean, other people might've not liked them, but all these like smells of like <laughs> steamed fish and like tostones and, and then like the, you know, me and the bellman would buy these like big, like fucking disgusting sandwiches from the deli. And it was just like a festive lunch atmosphere. And then every yeah, job I've I had mean, since then has been just like disgusting salads. I mean, okay. Yeah. If you are like working, I don't know, I guess if you're like working like a job job and then I don't know, to me, that the only time I've ever been excited for lunch is if it was like catered for oh, like sure. a job. But like if it was, if it was like me going out and like getting finding a salad somewhere, I mean, I was grateful. I was glad to be out of there for a minute, but not excited about what I was gonna do next. You know, I just wanted a reason to get the fuck out of my place of work for whatever reason. Yeah. And then you know, now since I've been like working from home for many, several years, uh, I just, I definitely like lunch more now that it's just like something I make in my own kitchen, but it's always been like, it's not, I like the break, but it never like delivers. Yeah. Well, cause I think I put so much sort of pleasure and effort into making like nice dinners for myself and John during the week. And so breakfast and lunch in order to like not go insane and to not like spend all my free time cooking, it's like, it's purely fuel, but I try to make it at least be nutritious and like taste relatively. Okay. Like this week I made the goop, um, that thing that was on your worst last week, the chickpeas and sweet potatoes and cauliflower with um, harissa and tahini or whatever. It It was perfect for a weekday lunch when I'm just you know, need a 15 minute break from staring at my laptop and, and just shoveling food into my face. Yeah, It was fine. Mm. I, would I make it for dinner? Would I make it if someone was coming over? Would I make it for my husband? Absolutely not. Mm. Cause it's like, it's, it is like that professional sweet green style slop. Mm. 
and the um i don't know the it tried to be like it's like the the vegetables are roasted in this harissa but there was barely any spice to it the tahini yogurt sauce is fine but it's like like you were saying last week what is this you know 2010 tahini yogurt sauce yeah yeah i my ideal lunch honestly is just leftovers Mm -hmm. yeah that's usually what i have if i eat lunch you know sometimes i don't i also like to just not eat and have like breakfast really late in the day because i i like Mm. breakfast food so i'll just have like coffee until like noon and then have like breakfast at like you know 12 or 1 and then maybe have like a snack around three and then have dinner sounds good i have leftovers today for lunch just um a melissa car melissa clark chicken thigh and some oh and some of those roasted veggies little mishmash you had that today what i will have it for lunch i have it in the fridge I thought you were going out to lunch. Oh, right. I am. I'm so <laughs> stupid. I was thinking I had it in the fridge. And then thanks for reminding me. I'm having lunch with my sister today. Well, that's because we're recording. Yeah. And I was like, what are you talking about? Um, well, that yeah. chicken thigh will have to wait. Oh, no. That poor chicken thigh. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, I, I did something this week that I rarely do, which was go to Air One and get a smoothie. Which one did you get? I got, well, I'll set the scene a little bit so I can Google what it was. Um, I never go to Air One. There's one right next to my gym. And I'm always like, oh, maybe I'll go after. First of all, it's a ha- not a habit that I want to get into, but also. Yeah. It's a um, habit I was developing and it was bad because it was like. A $20 smoothie every time. It's bad. It's a bad habit. But also, um, you know, I, uh, sorry, I'm like looking this up as I do this. So I usually just like want to get out of there when I'm done. I don't want to like linger around. And because my gym is like literally a three minute drive from my apartment, which means like I should be walking more. But I usually drive um, because I'm a piece of shit. Um, I just, I'm like, I'll just go home. It's like, it takes, it's so much. It'll, I'll be like eating quicker if I just go home than if I like go and try to like order something at Air One. Um, But this week, one day I, I walked and it was like around, I got out at like maybe 10 and I, still was like on coffee time. So I went over there and I got, okay, I couldn't find it, but it was called like the brain buster or something like that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like the brain power. And it was like almond milk, dates, walnuts, and banana, and maybe some other shit. I don't know. And I was like, so I was like, Hey, do you have any smoothies here that have espresso in them? And the guy was like, no, but it's really good if you add it to this one. And I was like, I'll take it. And he was like, it's delicious. That's the best one. And then all the Air One employees, when they saw what I was getting, they were like, that's my favorite. You're so smart. They didn't say you're so smart, but they were like, oh, I love this. You're going to yeah. love it. That I get that all the time. Did you love so, it? So just like telling everyone that, you know, my smoothie recipe at Air One got a lot of compliments from the staff. And it was worth it? It was worth it to do it like one time. It, yeah. It's not going to be like a, 
it was very similar to the smoothie that I used to get at Moon Juice. Um, just like walnuts, dates, and bananas and almond milk. Yeah, that it's like tough because the that that you're like spending all this money and you're like, well, this is literally the exact type of smoothie that I could make at home. I know, I know it is. Because it's, it's like if like, I'm going to Erewhon, I want one with like all the weird powders and shit that I don't have. I mean, they might put God, I have to find hang on. Um uh, when I worked at Pete's Coffee as a teenager, our little off menu, it wasn't called a frappuccino, it was called a um Cafe Fredo was like their answer to the Frappuccino. Mm-hmm. And the ones that we'd make are we would sell these mint malt balls. Mm-hmm. And so we would put the mint malt balls in the blender into the Cafe Fredo. But that would not be for the customers. That would just be for us. Yeah. When you work in a place like that, I worked at Starbucks for about three weeks. Um, and I we would just like get go so crazy, like making stuff. Yeah. Um okay. It's it has a little bit of weird stuff. It's raw almond milk, bananas, dates, walnuts, uh, ginkgo, and okay. Udo's oil. Udo's oil. Uh, that's what from is brain Udo's power. oil? I, I do not know, but Maybe I it's black had seed it for oil. breakfast last week or later early this week. What? Black seed oil is supposed to be good for your brain function. Is that what Udo's oil is? I have no idea. I take a teaspoon every day. It's um. Udo's oil. It's made with flax, sesame, and sunflower yeah. seed oil, plant-based, vegan. It has sunflower seed oil. Like okay, Ryan. that's not yeah. good. Well, they put it in my that's smoothie good. at Erewhon, yeah. so take it up with them. With Mr. But they said, if it's here, it's good for you. That's, that's their... That's yeah. their slogan? Yeah. They, I, I'm on their email list for some reason. I'm sure I signed up for it. Yeah. But they started... <laughs> for, some <laughs> for some reason. For some reason. They started selling their own like private brand of chocolate and it um slave free of course but it's uh it's like $35 for 10 ounces. That sounds like a lot. It's crazy. Tony Chocoloni is like $5 for 6 ounces. But I get I get Alter Echo dark, a good one. dark chocolate with sea salt. Uh, all right. Shall we move on to the old newsletters? Let's get into it. Let's do it. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Um, all right, what was your best of the week my best of the week of course was this adorable little commercial that they made and put on um instagram where it reminded me so like full disclosure brian and i i'm talking about you for the audience Mm. wrote this pilot about goop like several years ago and it was so fun and funny and we both were obsessed with it and it never got made but the goop commercial reminded me so much of that like how i imagined the pilot yeah it was literally like the cold open of our pilot was that commercial (laughs) was that commercial i'm like oh i wrote this but it was um it was like so you know just like it was festive it was fun it was self-aware it was happy it was like everything that goop should be it wasn't um you know i just loved it she looked great everybody you know the the cast looked great um I was totally on board with it yeah it was self-aware uh yeah she goes you know goes through all the little gift guides we have cameos from you know Cameron Diaz um drinking her Aveline um there was a Brad Pitt reference which I guess is you know controversial these days well she's she's talking about what she's getting brad for christmas there's a whole vibrator scene yeah yeah i feel like when we wrote the pilot goop hadn't gotten into sex toys so much yet so we didn't have that in ours yeah Um, the good old days the good old days and then there's a martha stewart reference the the end she's like martha stewart yeah i gotta call martha stewart so it was a cute commercial gwyneth obviously is a great actress um of course yeah another oscar worthy performance i mean this could be nominated for best uh live action short at the oscars you never know you never do if know. that that taylor swift video she's trying to get that nominated this can too she is yeah isn't that so insane that taylor swift like registered for the i don't even know how she did it but like registered for the academy and somehow her the video for one of her songs is like in contention and it's like no one has ever done a music video like what are you doing does it have a doesn't it have to have a theatrical release she probably put it in theaters for a day i have no idea um well after what she had to endure with um you know the vmas and kanye i guess sure. give her, cut her some slack but now she's you know persona non grata to her whole fan base because they couldn't get tickets to her stupid concert i know i still don't really understand what happened but it seemed really bad i don't know i mean i don't think i don't think she's persona non grata to them they're like spending yeah. like <laughs> thousands of dollars yeah. and like fighting each other for a chance to like see her perform but um I think people are upset about it. 
but they're still buying the tickets that's the whole yeah my favorite thing on twitter someone was like i don't even get why people care about going to this taylor swift concert it's not even like it's a good band like um what did they say like oasis smashing pumpkins or bush (laughs) and i'm like yeah i instant like (laughs) i mean okay (laughs) so funny i saw someone else tweeted like a picture where somebody was screaming about how like um they wanted the um fish fans to like stop trying to like talk to them about it because like um fish fans would never understand how hard it is to be a swifty because like because fish has so many concerts and like they were like it's a drug band and like we're not trying to go to your drug band we can't get tickets to anything and you're just pissed that you can't get tickets for new year's eve and you're just gonna spend the entire time sniffing glue anyway (laughs) 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 someone posted like a screenshot of it oh maybe it was fake i don't know oh my god oh we forgot to mention um rick caruso officially lost yeah Good and Gwyneth, Gwyneth and that woman, Catherine Power, took their little voter guide off Instagram. They, like, deleted the whole post. They were getting a lot of pushback. Yeah. And um, as they should. I mean, it's just, like, on the one hand, you know, I think it's silly when people pay too much attention to, like, political endorsements from celebrities. But of on course. the other hand, I don't really – I think that the celebrity should probably just shut the fuck up about it. Yeah, it's just funny – like the whole thing is funny because it's all these like out of touch celebrities and it, because Rick Caruso is so transparently like a Republican that just switched party affiliations to run in LA that like all these people are either ignorant or they're they're they willfully know what they're doing because they're they're fake Republican or they're they know Republicans exactly what too. They're doing. That's, they know exactly. They're like, oh, good. A Republican just had the bright idea of just saying he's a Democrat um so that we can because that's what they all did too yeah just like me and uh let's try to is everybody must be like this right and the people that stick to their guns like gina carano are punished whereas republicans like Katy perry and gwyneth paltrow just um well Katy perry and gwyneth i mean gwyneth paltrow's um a better businesswoman yeah i still need to see my son hunter like why do I have to get a fucking Breitbart subscription to watch it? I know. Brian tried I to get it, it for us and he couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. I, I, and then I, for, and I forgot about it until this moment, but I do need to see it as well. Yeah. I, you know, I might even fucking hold my nose and buy a one month subscription to Breitbart just so I can watch it. Well, if you do, you should have like a viewing party. A viewing so party. And then we so would, was- um, you know, donate the equivalent amount to like trans kids or whatever. Okay. <laughs> I really thought this through. Okay. Um, my, well, yes, this was my, my best, obviously was the commercial too. Um, we talked about that. What was your worst? Okay. So like my worst is there's this quote going around. So Gwyneth is getting like beaten up on TikTok by these kids. Mm. And there, it started with the Rick Caruso thing and I get it. And then I think it's like, they are just maybe discovering, like every generation thinks they discovered sex and every generation they thinks they discovered hating Gwyneth Paltrow, but they <laughs> didn't. They're like, Gwyneth Paltrow is like an entitled white woman. And like, yeah, like 
That's so what funny that they're you? like talking about that in 2022. Yeah, they're so mad. <laughs> but they're mad in particular about this clip. So there's this video of her talking. I don't know what the hell it is. It's like she's giving some Zoom interview or on some panel or something. It's like her in her house. She's wearing these, I don't know how else to describe them, Jeffrey Dahmery glasses. Her hair is up. It's like a grainy video. I don't know what it's from. And she says... This is the quote. I'm going to read it. I transcribed it so I could read it verbatim. This is the quote. I also came from a time you had to be famous for something. You had to produce a New York Times bestseller. You had to create a company. You had to star in a film. You had to create something that was meaningful and resonant. And now we live in an era where fame is its own thing for its own sake. And that really freaks me out because then you have, I think, all the downsides of it without the counterbalance of the gravitas of like what you're working so hard to put into the world. And so I always recommend that people not try to do it. Wow. So she's gatekeeping fame now? Well, I think that's so for me, that quote, I agree with her. <laughs> like, I, I think that, uh, I don't think it's new, but I think that like people have always been like so blinded by fame that they have not really thought about like what they were consuming or like their relationship with art. Like that's been something I've noticed in like my peers for my entire life. And I've always been frankly disgusted by it, but like the people are so, so deeply offended by this because I feel like the fame obsession has gotten like completely out of control and I don't think people have any, um, I don't think people have any desire to like engage with like art on its own terms outside of celebrity. I I think that's like a very small group of people who actually think that way. Oh yeah. Well, and it's like fame has been democratized in a certain way because, you know, everyone has a camera on their phone. And so like it, it is a lot, I guess it's like a lot meaningless, at least for someone of our generation. I don't, I don't want to like judge, you know, who teenagers are obsessed with. Cause like, I just am not in that world. So like, I'm sure that they're, they're getting something useful out of it. And I think like in the nineties, when Gwyneth got famous, there, there was a whole class of people who were famous for being famous, but they were sort of like, un. they did it like accidentally. It was like, you know, Amy Fisher and like Lorena Bobbitt and like, Monica Lewinsky and like these people who were just sort of plucked from the headlines. And now I think there is still some of that, but it's also like this whole, it's like, you know, reality shows and social media and stuff. And you're like building your brand. And it's also like, because of capitalism, like people don't have any other options than to just like be a brand. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I I don't know, maybe, yeah, I think to an extent that's true. And it's like really sad and like in order to, I mean, I think that like, that's kind of like an American, unfortunately, like tradition to turn yourself into a corporation or to turn yourself into a brand or like a story in order to sell stuff in order to survive. But, um, I feel like there's this general mood or like general opinion. And I, that I just see, like, I just see it reflected in people's actions where it's like fame is a reward for, um, like being a good person, 
because it's the greatest thing you could ever have. Like fame means something that I don't totally know what it is because like these people aren't like if someone is famous, like they're people don't love them. People usually like love them and hate them, mm-hmm. make fun of them, ridicule them. Like it doesn't necessarily correspond to wealth, although people think it does. Um, yeah. I don't really understand what it is about fame that people are like chasing. I just, I, I don't, don't really get it. I don't get it either. And I, I mean, I get, you get, you get um, validation from a larger community of people, uh, people that you don't know. So you, f- I guess, feel good about yourself because people know who you are and respond to you. And then, but like the real world implicate, I mean, I guess you could get maybe like a better table at a restaurant or like you get stopped on the street and ask someone to take a selfie with you or whatever. You could, but also like the definition of fame is so like, I guess, like elastic, like what even is it? Because someone it could be famous on like TikTok to a 12 year old, but they're not going to get better service in a restaurant or whatever. Cause no one outside of that world even knows who they are. Like, it's just what. I, I don't know. Yeah. And, and also the other thing is like, you're not creating like a lasting legacy because um, you're not actually putting anything of value into the world. Not everybody, right. but like a lot of people, like what are like, and I'm, I, I'll include myself in this too. I mean, like, I'm not going to say that our podcast is like putting something of like great value. We're going to be in the, the Smithsonian Library of Congress, scoop yourself. But I mean, I feel like at least your goal should be like making something apart from yourself, like making. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. I don't know um, what people are looking for. I'm thinking of like, yeah, someone like Bobby from Flav city is famous to us. I guess he's famous to a lot of people. He has a big following, but and I've grown to, unironically appreciate what he's doing (laughs) i mean i definitely enjoy it um but i mean i don't know how much of a good thing it is but i like it like if bobby and this whole world of like um like eating disorder influencers didn't exist would my life be better i probably yeah and like aren't you a little excited at the idea that twitter might totally collapse absolutely i am rooting for it and mostly i mean partly because of my own sort of addictive personality with scrolling twitter and i'd I'd be happy to just not have that as an option but also i'm getting so much schadenfreude from the gunters of the world i know the, the molly jong fasts of the world who like have... Jen Gunter, sorry, a perfect example of a craven celebrity fame chaser. Yeah. She is a person who in like 1890 or <laughs> she would have to just be delivering babies and a... keeping her mouth shut. Or like if a doctor wanted to achieve like fame at any other point in history before, like, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there have always been these like quack doctors who write oh, books. Oh yeah, I'm they sure would happen. Yeah, she would be selling. I mean, selling snake oil or whatever. I don't but know. the idea of like a doctor achieving fame would have meant that you'd be like a great scientist, and that's why you become famous. Not because you like went on Twitter and like were a huge bitch all day, but because you like actually like discovered something or like you progressed science, like you progressed like 
your, the, your project, whatever it is, like you did something hmm. and now you can just be like, I'm going to fight Dr. Oz on Twitter. And you're like a famous doctor. It's, I don't know. And to her credit, she has written books. She yeah, has... but that, but, but the, her book, she hasn't like, her books are just reiterating very, very established science and being like, how come pe- more people don't trust doctors and, and instead trust other yeah. people? That's like the only spin on it. It was like a cult, like a little cultural commentary. But then to play devil's advocate with that, it's like, mm. well, then in order to, in order to be useful or to like create something new in that space, you would have to go against the conventional wisdom. And they, no, I, that, that's not how science works at all. That is what sci- science is constantly evolving oh, and, and progressing and like experimenting. That's how that's the, that's human like evolution. That's how it works, but that's not what she's doing. Yeah. She's not. Um, yeah. Researching a new, menopause pill or whatever no (laughs) uh but i'm just like i'm so i would because and i i don't want to say like i don't i never really tried to like be relevant on twitter because it's just like such a headache and i don't i'm not very good at it or like witty enough yeah like i just and i don't have the the wherewithal to like constantly post which i think you you needed to do that in like 2009 basically yeah at this point it's like um but like these people who like um i mean i just come back to molly jong fast because she just got like a new york times profile of her of like this like fail daughter of you know she's like her mother was um erica jong the like 70s feminist writer or whatever Mm -hmm. and she was just like she was like a hunter biden character she was like a private school drug addict blah blah Mm -hmm. blah upper east side and then after trump got elected she like didn't know what to do with her life and she was like just out of rehab and then she started watching a lot of msnbc after trump got elected and just started started tweeting and now it's like getting profiled in the new york times and i'm like twitter needs to die because of this article that's i know i think that that would be like so good if like all of these people who became famous because of twitter like if twitter just stopped being like the only way for people to achieve like success because it's not necessarily like sorry people who use twitter a lot and i am again too dumb to use twitter I cannot send a tweet that's relevant. I cannot send a tweet that doesn't contain a typo. I cannot. You're just like Gunter. I, well, except for she can't stop doing she that. She can't stop doing And like, I honestly, like the way my brain works is like, I don't have like a knee jerk reaction to every single thing that happens. Most things like that come up in the news or whatever. I, I really need to like meditate on it and like have a, like think about it. And then by the time I formed an opinion, the, conversation has moved on (laughs) because the conversation is so immediate and it's just like not the way my brain works so I'll never be good on Twitter and I think there are probably a lot of people like me who maybe just like just because that's the way your mind works I mean I don't know now I feel like I'm I'm not saying like I don't know I feel like there are a lot of people who might have interesting perspectives who we don't hear from as much because they aren't getting on Twitter every fucking time something happens and coming up with like some stupid hot take and generating controversy for a day. And then Mm. like, you know, they do that every single day for three years and then they get a book deal. Uh, Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind that the conversation, I guess the conversation anywhere, but specifically on Twitter is like the, you know, the 5% of people who are like super users or whatever, um and some of it is very funny and i do get like i mean since like google reader went under 
it's like scrolling through and you, you know, you follow your news sources and you click on articles. Like, I don't like go to like newyorktimes.com every morning. Yeah. But, uh, so that is something that, and it's useful as like, a, I, I guess it's, I mean, people say it's useful as an organizing tool. I guess it is like with protests and strikes and stuff. So there's like good things about Twitter, but I just, my, um, my glee at watching these, you know, like, like a Brooklyn dad defiant, like, what's he going to do? What is he going to do? I Mike know. Cernovich, like what's he going to do? I love like, it. I know like their whole uh, empire is yeah, about it's to amazing. collapse. I mean, it's not, I don't think Twitter is going to go away. Also. Seed oil disrespector. What the fuck's he going to do? I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, it's not going to happen. Isn't seed oil disrespector like a nurse? <laughs> He's a no. He's a doctor. He's a, oh, a Liber- doctor. Liberty That's... University trained. Uh... Oh my god! Did you watch that documentary about Liberty University? By the way, no. Is that really the one good. about um uh Falwell Junior? That... Yeah, it's about. Yeah. It's like the like the main character is the guy, the like pool boy or whatever. He's okay. like giving. It's like a whole thing is like a talking head. Was it like good reenactments? Good. Doc. I mean, you know, they kind of. It's a little bit heavy handed. They yeah, yeah. They try to make it seem like it had more of an impact on like the trump the 2020 election than i think it did but um it was pretty funny um yeah that's it is funny to me that pseudo disrespector literally went to liberty university it's like two on the nose it's so funny i can't is you can be a doctor from liberty University. well it's not an md it's um I think it's a DO, like he's an, I think he's, what's Will Cole? Is he the same as Will Cole maybe? He, he's a chiropractor. Chiro, no, th- this guy's like, um, I don't think he's a chiropractor, but he's not an MD. It's another thing. Okay, okay, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> it's a third more, yeah. it's not an MD. It's not a chiropractor. It's a third more crazy thing. Oh my God. Well, whatever he is, I hope he's uh, okay. Well, he started his, his app came out, um, C- CD, where oh, yeah. you just like, it's sort of like your Flav City app. You just type in a thing and it tells you which brands to get or whatever. Okay, yeah. Like Bobby approved. Bobby, yeah. Yeah. But Bobby, uh, you could just get Bobby approved because if you just scan the label, if it has seed oil, he'll tell you it's not Bobby Oh, approved. that's true. Yeah, this guy, that's the problem with the seed oil disrespector. He was too um, focused on one. Th- and even I think a lot of the right wing uh, crazies are are like, are congregating elsewhere. Like they they've sort of, their their um obsession with pseudo has has sort of dissipated over the past several months. Mm. So too bad, too bad. don't put all your eggs in one basket. No, don't slog all your eggs from one basket. <laughs> yes, yeah, slog all your <laughs> grass-fed, pasture-raised eggs. Uh all right. Anyway. My worst. Okay. Quickly, I I do appreciate Gwyneth branching out and you know, following all of these like paleo Instagram accounts. I think it's cute. Oh, I think no, it's relatable. No. Like it's cool, but when I know what you're going to talk about, when you are putting together your, your like Thursday newsletter and you say, oh, I found this amazing recipe for a paleo pumpkin pie. I do not want to click on the link and have it go to parademagazine.com. See this. Okay. This was my thing. I would try parade, my like, notes. I jumped I wrote, when I parade opened up. Oh, see, I, I wrote paleo pumpkin pie. And then I wrote in parentheses, love this sad blog. <laughs> I, I love I mean, it. I'm sure the blog is fine. It's against all grain. It's a really popular blog. It was just the, 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 the disconnect of goop, which is 
you know, supposed to be really elitist and, and whatever. And then, I mean, parade magazine is literally the thing that you get for free in your, like, it's like garbage. It's literally garbage. I know. And I love, well, first of all, Gwyneth on her new paleo journey is, uh, sending out these newsletters in the if in like the old format so which I this, love never stop love. I love it love where it's it, like it. this is just what I'm reading yeah. and blah 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 and her whole thing was always like I'm just being honest and like this is what I actually like and I think I don't know if she really is like going on these paleo blogs I'd or if someone is just like sourcing it for no her I think she internet. is I think it's too weird for her not to be behind that. like because I, think I she feel is. like if you worked for Gwyneth Paltrow and she was like oh I need a paleo pumpkin pie from like some like website can you find me one you would be too scared to be like do you want this one from parade.com like you'd parade.com in 2016 <laughs> like it has to be coming from her because yeah no goop employee would, would dare volunteer, would dare to do that yeah yeah so it's absolutely a- that's what's great about it is it's totally her truth She's living her truth. It's so weird. But I feel comforted because like when I, you know, started my paleo journey, which I'm not, which I'm only sort of on, I was looking at these recipes and like, that's a huge like deterrent because all of this stuff is like so gross. It's so red state. It's so like nom nom mommy basket of lemons dot you know whatever it's just like these disgusting things and these like weird like christian women and sundresses like making these like grain-free cake cupcakes for their fucking kids or whatever and you want to blow your brains out but then finding out like no that really is like basically what's out there just was made me feel a little bit better because i'm like there isn't like a higher level that i'm not reaching this is kind of it yeah even i mean you would think that Goop would be like, oh, let's create our own paleo recipes, but well, they can't it... because what are what's her name's on vacation? Yeah, <laughs> Caitlin. So... Maybe she's on disability. Maybe she's on permanent disability. Did some horrible accident happen at the Goop headquarters that we don't, don't know about? Maybe she got like in a boating accident on one yeah. of her many trips. Her many trips up the five. She's just yeah. like going to like weird lakes in central california that no one ever goes to oh i've been there (laughs) um but it is i mean obviously because they can't unless gwyneth is i'm sure obviously gwyneth's next cookbook like what she's working on is going to be like a paleo cookbook that makes sense but um i hope so but like it is crazy to me that I mean, it makes sense because they're not, they're not making money on these recipes. Like they're making money on vibrators and fucking vitamins. So it's easier for them to just link to against all grain and, you know, olive and sundresses or whatever. All of you whole. (laughs) All All of you whole. That's what one of them is called. (laughs) What does that mean? I like, I love, I love you whole. I love your whole. It sounds like I love your whole, (laughs) but I think it's supposed to be whole because, you know, these people kind of like to put the word whole in their thing because they all did whole 30. Speaking of, one thing about the death of Twitter I'm really enjoying is um, the like horny straight guys posting their asses. I don't know about this. It's fun. Why are they posting their asses? Because they're like Twitter's um, going down. I'm going to show ass. It's not. They just want to show ass because it's not going down. But anyway, maybe it is. I love you whole. I love you whole. Great. <laughs> uh, so 
Will I make this paleo pumpkin pie? Absolutely not. Will you make it? Maybe. All right. I do like paleo baking. Uh, I should try it more often. I did make well, my favorite pumpkin loaf is um, the Molly Boz one from Bon Appetit a few years ago. It's really, it's not paleo, but it's really good. If you God, want to, what I want to make. Oh, sorry, go on. I was just saying, if you want like a good pumpkin thing that's not a pumpkin pie, do that one. I love that Allison Roman banana bread that has like sour cream in it. Ooh, that oh one's really God. good. She's but my, a genius. My favorite banana bread, I have to say, is the Chrissy Teigen one with um the like instant pudding in it. Oh yeah. It's I really bought good. her cookbook on Kindle stupidly, which means I never use oh, it. Yeah. But um I like read it like a book because I'm insane and I do that. Uh I might make Allison Allison Roman has like a green bean casserole thing with like caramelized onions and mushrooms um on her latest newsletter. I think I might make that for the in-laws. You know, I kind of have like a little hankering to cook i haven't really like cooked a true full recipe you know i never cook anymore right but you're just nom 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 nomming around i'm just nom nomming i mean i guess i do cook like i made like paleo banana bread and i made like weird like fucking shit but i don't like crack open a cookbook and like make something but i think i kind of have i like i i don't know like i don't know what to eat anymore i'm kind of like sick of everything i'm like i think i'm gonna start i think i'm gonna make a few recipes it's fun. Um, yeah. I mean, I now actually, cause I, I mean, I do subscribe to the New York times cooking app, which is just, I scroll it every week and like pick up out a couple things. And then Bon Appetit doesn't have its own app, but now it's, there's like an Epicurious app, which has all the Bon Appetit recipes with all the like gourmet magazine recipes and like oh. other ones. And, um, that's a good resource too. Yeah. I mean, I know how to find recipes, you know how to find internet, recipes but, yeah. um, <laughs> I, I, there's like a food 52, like tortellini soup that I kind of want to try. Oh yeah. Uh, and I subscribe to Allison Roman and Smitten Kitchen are like the newsletters that I like will cook out of. And then I subscribe to other new- cooking newsletters, but I never make them. Like um, Sola El Wheelie has a fun one, but it does. I just don't make those recipes. Yeah. I've been subscribing to the Allison Roman one forever, but I've haven't. I get them. I never open. They're like all unopened. Oh yeah. That's the one of the few that I actually open every week for some reason. Anyway, she is a genius. And apparently her show that was going to be on CNN plus, which doesn't exist now is just going to be on like regular CNN. So the show is happening, which I'm excited about. Um, that is exciting. Uh, wait, what is, what is it going to be on? I think, I mean, it's on, I guess it's on linear CNN, but I imagine then it will be on like HBO Max or Discovery. Like there, it's all going to be one thing pretty soon because they're just combining all of those things. So it'll be on whatever the new services that is, you know, the combination of, I think it'll, it'll probably just be called Max without H, I assume. You think? I mean, I don't know what else they would call it. To just drop the HBO part? Yeah. Cause like, discuss i mean we're no you know matt bellamy from the town hollywood prognosticator so we don't know what we're talking about but uh i assume it'll just be called max huh well whatever it is i'll watch it the biz is changing 
I know. Uh, Okie doke. What was your saddest or your craziest? My saddest was, um, I got this email that was like, there's been a price drop on breath work, how to use your breath to change your life. Did you get an email about that? <laughs> Wait, no, from Goop? Yeah. Oh, no. I, well, I'm, I, don't, I don't think I saw it if I did. This book went from 1695 to 1017, which feels like what? a pretty like heavy drop to me. And uh, they were just like, do you want to buy this book? We're having a fire sale on this like stupid breathwork book, um, which obviously I'm not going to buy. I personally, I am a deep hater of like breathwork, uh, like anything about like, you know, you things in your body relating to your like emotions. Like I don't, it's, it's just, I don't, it's not for me. Okay. Uh, but I got an email and the subject line was price drop. No, like all lowercase letters, like no, like exclamation, no, like fun copy or anything. It was just like, Hey, I didn't get this email. That's so weird. And then it was like, it's a sign on sale right now. Breath work. We thought you might like to know before it sells out. Happy shopping. And um, I don't think that they're worried it's going to sell out. I think they are going to have to like burn them if they can't move them fast enough. This book is beautiful enough for your coffee coffee table, but even better bedside. Breathwork teacher Andrew Smart's techniques are approachable for all levels and honor a range of traditions, including Zen, somatic, and holotropic breathing. While easy to follow, these powerful exercises, which pair breathing exercises with meditation, have the potential to decrease anxiety, enhance energy, and increase clarity. I'm sure they're great, but like, I don't, with this type of like sort of practical application stuff, I don't get why you would buy a book instead of just going on YouTube and seeing like, you know what I mean? Like a, right. Or just like take a yoga class and they'll take, be like, breathe yeah. in through your nose and breathe out through your mouth or whatever. Like you'll, you'll do it. Uh, I'm trying to integrate my pranayama into my tennis practice and it's helping exhaling when I'm hitting the ball. It's yeah. A- I mean, I think it can like help you with like physical stuff. Like obviously in every, like, like whatever, like Pilates or bar class or whatever, they're like, instructing you on like when to breathe in and when to breathe out kind of like you breathe in on like you do this on the inhale and then on the exhale Mm. or whatever and like I do think it can help with stuff like that but I just I feel like for like a deeper like emotional like therapeutic thing I've never had any any success with like doing like breathing or body scans or like any of that Mm. shit it's just like i don't it doesn't work for me uh i i mean i think if you're having a real anxiety attack it's like not enough but i think for maintenance it might help like body scans like helping to get to sleep or helping at the end of like in your shavasana at the end of a yoga class it's it's relaxing, I guess. But it, oh yeah, I think it feels nice at the end of like a yoga class or like the end of whatever. But like, I'm usually like tripping when that's happening. Like at the end mm. of a class when they're like, "Now lie down and like you breathe," but it's like usually they also like t- walk you through like these like really nice stretches that feel really good, and then you just like lie there for a second breathing and like 
if for a yoga class, maybe someone breaks out the bowl or something oh, and bowl. you're just like, I'm on mushrooms for that. Like yeah. I'm not on planet earth. I'm a bowl. I can't, I haven't been to a yoga class in so long. The bowl, the, like the incense that they just start burning at the end. Oh man. It's a dream. I but should... I don't really go to yoga classes mm. either. Cause I just go to bar classes. God, I haven't been once since the fucking pandemic. I know that was the one thing, not the one thing at all, but like, I think that's one of the more like high risk things that I do regularly, yeah. like go into these like small rooms with like 5,000 girls and just like <laughs> breathe really heavy for an hour. Uh, um, alrighty. My, okay. Here's my saddest was the email I got and I'm sure, well, maybe you got it. Maybe you didn't from maybe. Goop Kitchen that was saying, get your Thanksgiving sides from Goop Kitchen. Honestly, I'd prefer it really it's well like, i mean i don't know it, it would be one thing if goop kitchen did like a special like we're gonna do stuffing like goop stuffing or like goop mashed potatoes for one week which would be cool but these are just the regular goop kitchen sides that and again we like goop kitchen some of your food is really delicious some of it is less successful but on the whole we're fans i just for thanksgiving i don't I don't know. Like they're like, get your goop. Like imagine bringing the goop mac, like gluten-free mac and cheese to Thanksgiving. That would be. You no, know. I wouldn't bring it, but. um, If you were hosting a last minute Thanksgiving and you're like, fuck, I really don't want to cook. And all of the guests have dietary restrictions. <laughs> then maybe. <laughs> I mean, this is like an extreme circumstance. Yeah. yeah that's but... the only circumstance I can imagine. Yeah. To me, I guess it's just like, it's not special because you can sort of get it whenever. Yeah. Um, but I have severe, like I have a lot of like pain and anxiety surrounding the holidays and I, Mm. uh, anything that like brings in like branding or like outside (laughs) influence, I, I appreciate it because it like makes me feel less like I'm like, you know, weird house that I grew up in. Oh, sure. Sure. Oh, that makes sense. So like the, the homemade aspect of Thanksgiving actually is painful because it reminds you too much of your family and you want some sort of reminder that you live in a world where like I could go, I could go somewhere else. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Isn't that sad? (laughs) That is, that is, I mean, I, you know, you said it, not me. Um, also sorry, because I think they listen, but what, what's more sad is being like, oh, guess what? We're going to have next to our turkey friends and family goop roasted mushrooms yeah i mean put the mushrooms in the oven for christ's sake uh you know what actually the the exception to the rule is if someone if i was hosting thanksgiving and someone just brought a big tub of the goop kitchen salsa verde dipping sauce they would be my oh best my God. friend forever i would slather that on everything and i constantly am trying to find like a recipe for that i want to make my own i can't like why don't we I mean, cranberry sauce has had a good run. Why don't we get rid of that? And the new tradition for Thanksgiving is Goop Kitchen Salsa Verde sauce on everything. I, I mean, who would object to that? On, honestly, no one. Yeah. If they tried it, they wouldn't. If you didn't tell them where it was from, if you were like, oh, like my grandmother made this, they'd be like, oh my God. Oh my God. Just yeah. Don't tell them. Yeah. And then tell them afterwards. Be like, yeah, my grandmother, Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> this is a report from the, the future. Uh, oh, she'll be a grandmother soon enough. Maybe. Who who knows? Moses will knock up some. Oh my God. I'm kidding. Sorry. <laughs> Don't want to talk about the kids. Um, yeah. So that was, it's like a goop kitchen is great. 
on a weekday afternoon or a long day after work, but for Thanksgiving, let's, uh, let's even like whole, I, I definitely got Thanksgiving sides from whole foods once when I was like a young adult hosting Thanksgiving for the first time, which is fine. I wasn't going to like cook a million things, but now I am, am hosting Thanksgiving next year. And I'm already thinking about what, yeah, my mom, um, told me that everyone was coming down to LA next year. So I was like, all right, cool. Really? I have a year to prepare. I would love to host Thanksgiving. I'm my new last year. Oh, thank you. Maybe I will. Last year. I, uh, I threatened everybody that I was going to host, uh, Passover. Oh, you should. I want to take Passover because I finally have a place that's like not as nice as like my like mom's house or my aunt's house where like we normally do our like holiday events, but like it's decent enough that I could have people come and not feel like mm. mortified. I had such and, a fun time when I went to your family's Passover a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, we had our Passovers are fun, but like mm. they've gotten smaller, like nobody comes anymore. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just like kind of depressing now. Mm. So I'm like, I want to do it at my house. Yeah. And now that I'm officially over 60% Ashkenazi. Now you've got to come. I'm going to like really freak out my mom when I come home for Christmas and wear like a yarmulke and like be like in a star of David and just like be like super Zionist and like, yeah. and wear and just like give everyone Israeli flags or something. Get like a tracksuit and like a high necklace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she'll disown me. Oh, no, she wouldn't. No. Um, Okay. What would you try? Uh, my try was just the paleo. Pumpkin oh, the paleo. Pie, of course. Um, my try is this is next year when I host Thanksgiving. I will, I'm here by committing to making the Gwyneth's favorite turkey, which is an adaptation of a Martha Stewart recipe, which is sort of like worlds colliding a little bit, but. Um, I guess Gwyneth is confident enough in her own success to, to share a Martha Stewart recipe. So uh, I will be making the whole roasted turkey from Goop slash Martha Stewart for Thanksgiving 2023. You're so lucky. I want to fucking host a Thanksgiving. Um, okay. I would buy, and I wouldn't actually, but I just got my first set of like real cloth napkins. Mm-hmm. And by got them, I just mean like I took a set from my mom's house because she literally has like a drawer of so many. And I, they're selling these, but I've never like bought my own with my own taste. And so these are not to my taste and I find them disgusting, but they have these Karma uh, Kama Sutra <laughs> napkins <laughs> <laughs> for $88, which while I am repulsed by them, it also reminds me of um, that scene in the birdcage where they're like serving their plates and they have like, like, I don't know, like Greek. Yeah, like, it's like the Greek gay sex, sex plates. It's thing. so funny. Um, And I guess I just uh, would get them to be as an homage to that. Provocative. Well, I would never actually buy them one and if i had them i would like probably never show them to anybody but (laughs) that's what just what they reminded me of whip them out for uh passover when you host that for pace off why not yeah here what goes my edgy jew (laughs) uh dash ish exactly hate passover which is the most fuck which is like the dumbest thing that people say and i hate when people say that about themselves wait they say what 
oh, when people say Jew dash ish to say that they're like, oh. I'm not really Jewish. Like it's like, oh, fuck up. that. No. Oh my God. I'm becoming, I, I can already, I can already tell by this 23 and me that I am going to become so Jewish. You guys, I might do an adult bar mitzvah. <laughs> Why are you feeling so Jew? You've been, you were feeling Jewish last week too. You were like, I'm I know, but I never, whatever. It's a whole thing with my psychology and my lack of um, religious upbringing. You know, you don't have to like be like religious to be. And I'm not going to be religious. And I am Jewish. I, there's no if, ands, or buts about it. Like no. I literally am Jewish, uh, but literally. I never, I just don't know. I don't know a lick of Hebrew. I don't know any of the prayers. I never had a bar mitzvah. I am lost at Passover so it sucks, but it's, I mean, it is, what it, is. it is what it is. It's not, it doesn't matter anyway. All right. What I would buy. Okay. So goop is how they're starting their end of the year, 40% off sale. Um, it's, you know, as we all know, it's going to get more and more things are going to go on sale as the year progresses. But if you are looking for a Dutch oven or as goop calls it a cocotte, um, <laughs> stove, the stove goop, um, collaboration, the, the the big seven quart one that is usually on sale for $557 is now down to 334, which is still, you know, a pretty penny, but if you're in the market, it might be a good one to buy. Is that more or less than a Le Creuset? I think it's about the same. The sale price is about the same. I think Le Creuset's are about, well, Le Creuset is also like, is it Sur La Table or William Sonoma? One of them has like every year has like a big half off Le Creuset sale. So as long yeah. as you like are on, I think it's Sur La Table. As long as you like know when that is, you can get Le Creuset's for for cheap. There's also an outlet store. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's the Citadel. Oh. Um, I could be wrong. It's I think it's the one that looks like a castle on your way. Yeah, that's there. the Citadel on the on the five before yeah. you get to Disneyland. Um. But anyway, I do have a Le Creuset Dutch oven. Um, I only have a Le Creuset butter dish and a Le Creuset roasting pan. My Dutch oven is like some knockoff. Yeah. I mean, the thing is that I ha I never use it. I'm going to use it. I'm going to make some soup in there and just forget it. Oh, you know how much I use it. I put it in the oven. I put it on the stove. I put it in the fridge. To in the fridge. She goes yeah. straight in the fridge. I mean, if it's soup or something, I got it. <laughs> Maybe I'll put mine in the fridge. Uh, all right, kids. Are well, we done? Thank you all for listening. Thank you. Um, consider joining our Patreon. Yes, yes, yes. This is uh, a free one, I believe. This is a free one, which always like makes me so nervous. Oh, we didn't say anything. Um. But yeah, consider joining our Patreon. Uh, we will be off for the holiday next week. Uh, so I hope everyone has a wonderful Thanksgiving. If you celebrate Thanksgiving, if you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, good for you. More power to you. Yeah. And nobody should celebrate any holidays. Because yeah, I, know, I know we have some. And as, I, and as you all know, my opinion for it. Yeah. All of our, our international listeners. We, yeah. We're like 180 on the Chilean comedy podcast ranking last week so mm, we have don't a few... tell anybody else that that's not <laughs> we have we have a few chilean listeners don't tell so... anyone that that's like really good that 180 <laughs> is like the highest that's pretty cool but that's um that's great <laughs>
<laughs> okay. Um, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.